Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod. This is episode number 143, Thursday morning, October 19th, 2023. And on this episode of the pod, we're finally going to dive into what I've been teasing you all with over here for the past few weeks. And that's a deep dive into the life cycle of a typical football week in the fall with NFL and college football, when lines go up, when and how they're shaped out, when limits go up, when syndicates typically get involved, when it's best to attack props, when it's often more advantageous to play favorites, when it's more advantageous to play underdogs, when it's best to play teasers, a lot of other stuff. And I'll also weave in uh, some of my own process and and give some insight into some things that I've learned over the years. But um, like I've said here for over the past five years in the Doggy Juice Pot, sports betting is as much of an art as it is a science. And Understanding the mechanics of how a typical football week plays out is is important. A part of your handicapping process and handicapping arsenal is, is really placing the bets themselves. It's it's also important to understand that things change. So what happens now, you know, and what I'm going to talk about in this podcast today um, may not be exactly what happens several months or years from now. So it's important to understand that there's constant regulatory regulatory changes. There's New players in town with regulated uh, U.S. betting exchanges. You might see the very way we get down uh, change over the next few years. You know, spending, especially depending on how things go with um, developments on the legal side of things. Uh, but um, you know, U.S. sports books themselves—they're also evolving and adjusting. So, being able to adapt and recognize change and adjust your process accordingly is also a very important thing. So. Last weekend, we split our four-pack of spooky dogs in the NFL with the Colts and Bucks losing on the spread, uh, but the Jets and Giants uh, got it done with the Jets winning outright and the Giants losing quite literally and with controversy on the last play of the game. Uh, we won our official Doggy Juice Pod NFL teaser of the week again with the Commanders and Texans both hitting and moving our official Doggy Juice Pod NFL teaser of the week record to 5-1 and one on the year. Stay tuned later for, for this week's selection, but for now... It's time to dive into the life cycle of a typical NFL and college football week in the fall. I can feel it all the way down in my plums, getting all swollen. So the anatomy of a typical football week. I'm going to start by saying something I've been saying on here for for five years now. Sports betting really is just all about markets. And just like the financial markets, they evolve. Not only as more information comes to light and comes out, but also as betting limits raise closer to the game time. And this is true for all sports, but uh, of course all sports have have different limits and different pools of liquidity, and and they're unique in their own way. But football is very unique in the sense that it's a week-long build-up to these games. You know, it's unlike the NBA where they play every two, three nights, sometimes back-to-backs, and, you know, baseball playing every day, college basketball you're playing back-to-backs and every other night. And football, though, as we know, is unique as teams play once a week. And that week-long build-up to these games, and, and as the week progresses heading into the weekend, the market evolves in a way that's unique to football. But to set the stage here, it's important to also embrace that market concept. And, and there's so many different types of markets out there uh, for football. There's sides, totals, derivatives, like your first half, first quarter, uh, alternate lines, which is becoming even more prevalent now as, as legal regulated books offer those, your prop bets, teasers, parlays, your future bets. And most people out there get their bets in on on game day, pretty soon before the game starts and when the market is at its most efficient, when limits have gone up uh, to their maximum and, and you're able to get down, there's plenty of liquidity, especially in the NFL. 
And, you know, in the NFL, inevitably it becomes flipping coins uh, when the markets are that efficient on sides and totals. And most bettors get burned by the minus 110. They need to hit 52.38% of the time just to break even, which sounds easy, but that difference over the long term is all that matters. And that's why it's so important to always shop around for the very best price so you can help lower that, uh, that synthetic hold that books have on you. But if you're serious about betting football, it's a full seven-day week life cycle. And you have to be aware of not only how the market is evolving over the course of the week, but also when it's best and most advantageous for you to get involved. So if you're doing it right over time, you'll, you'll build up a weekly portfolio of plus EV wagers placed throughout the week when it's most advantageous for you to play uh, each of those wagers. And, and there's also no tried and true formula here. What I'm about to talk about, you know, there's, of course, there's things in the NFL and college football schedule that are, you know, you can count on every week with the limits and the, and, and, and injury reports, which I'll get into here, but things evolve. And it's important to delineate the NFL and college football as well, because there's particular nuances to each one. And of course, you know, most college football games are taking place on Saturday. The NFL is king on Sunday. Um, so there's you know, some nuance in terms of, of when news you know, has the most impact and stuff like that that I'm going to dive into here. So um, it's important to understand, you know, let's start out with, let's start out on Sundays. And, and that's when really a, a typical week starts. Um, the, you know, we'll, we'll call it Sunday to Sunday, but starting on Sunday, it's also important to understand the history of opening lines and openers before understanding where we are now. So in the old days, it was all about the Stardust line in Las Vegas. People would wait you know, across across the country, across the world, really, for uh, to see what the Stardust would release and it's for its NFL lines. And then books around 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 the world would copy that line and, and everyone would, would quickly get in line with the Stardust line. And that was that was the big deal. And then you know, fast forward a few years, and there was other um, other openers, at least for the NFL. Uh, the Win Team, led by Johnny Avello, they were um, they were in charge with setting the market. And um, you've seen that evolve over the years. And and now, you know, it's important to understand that there's different books that that are probably best in terms of indicating where where the sharpest line is when it comes to NFL versus college football. You know, NFL Pinnacle typically might be a little bit better than than Circa, where which actually sets the college football light markets now, uh, the Circa openers, so um, which come out on Sunday. I'll dive into that in a second. But um, but openers are, aren't even as important as they used to be. I think it's also important to mention that because look-ahead lines have become so popular, um, especially in the NFL, when you can bet you know weeks ahead on any game. Of course, limits are smaller in those games, but uh, you could definitely get at future weeks' action a lot of the time during any given week. So it really... Uh, does sharpen out the market a bit more before lines, the, the openers come out on Sunday. So in college, Circa posts the openers that set the tone for the market at around 2, 2.30 Eastern time, 1, 1.30 Central time every Sunday. And the Circa openers immediately shape out the market because they take sharp action. They don't shut anybody down. So if you're looking to get down and, and the Circa openers, those get uh, hammered out pretty quick. You see some really quick moves on Sunday um, and they know what they're doing, Circa 2. They know they're going to get that action. They're okay with getting uh, hammered by a few guys. As long as they're hammering the line into place to where it needs to get to, they're willing to take uh, you know, theoretical loss against some of those sharper betters attacking the openers on sides and totals. Sunday openers in the NFL set the tone for the week as well, but there's lower limits. And a lot of these, line, you know, when they come up on Sunday, it really varies who's posting them first, but... Uh, post-game news has a pretty big impact, especially related to player injuries on, on the line, the look-ahead line. Sorry, not look-ahead lines, on the opening line when it opens on Sunday. And 
you know, you could see this when, you know, when comparing it to the look ahead line that was pulled or should have been pulled before kickoff on Sunday, you know, it's, you see a difference just based off how the game is played out that Sunday. Uh, you know, when the look ahead shut down, then you have Sunday games, some player injury news could have a big impact then on, on the opening line that comes out later in the day on Sunday. Post-game press conferences can have an underrated impact, I think, on Sundays when you know you hear some coach speak before they really get into their press conferences on Monday and, and as the week evolves. But those post-game press conferences can also have a big impact You know, when key players are injured or banged up and there's some uncertainty on how they're, they're going to show up on the injury report. It's it's important to remember sometimes that lines you see on openers factor in you know, a 50-50 or a 70-30 on a player suiting up the next week. You know, look at Trevor Lawrence with the Jaguars this, on Thursday night, uh, the same day I'm recording this. That's a perfect example. The line was Jags plus three earlier in the week, factoring in roughly a coin flip on Trevor Lawrence playing. But then on Tuesday afternoon, when it became more apparent that he was more likely to play, the line moved down to one. And then now Thursday, as I'm recording this, it's becoming more of a closer to a, a game time decision. So you're seeing the line tick back up a little bit, but that's not factoring in a hundred percent anything. It's factoring in a you know, 50, 50, 70, 30. And that happens a lot with, of course, with markets, you're factoring a certain price or sorry, a certain probability of a, of a player playing. And, and quarterbacks, without a doubt, have by far the biggest impact on, on the betting line. Really, they have the most impact of any position in any sport, uh, besides, you know, of course, individual sports like tennis. But uh, quarterbacks have such an impact on lines, and you, you see that, especially some quarterbacks um, mean a lot more than others, of course. You know, Patrick Mahomes versus his. And, of course, the backup has such a – the backup quarterback has, has a huge impact on that as well. Uh, their value to the line. So the drop-off from the starter to the backup is really what you want to be looking at. So, um, But yeah, so for me on Sundays, my my game grading, um, and I've dove into game grading on here in the past and how that's a huge part of my process, you know, reviewing the games that took place Saturday, Sunday. I'm, I'm working on that on Sunday, or right, on college game, college game grading on Sunday, and then of course NFL game grading as well. But that needs to be done as early as possible after the games are played. Uh, but I've, I'm often not done with that, or completely finished with that by, by until Monday, sometimes even Tuesday, especially lately. And Sundays and Mondays for me are, are where my hay is made, though. Like I, I'm, I'm grading games and getting down on, on openers, and especially on Monday. And during the game grading process and heading into late Sunday and on Monday, you also want to log your bets from the previous week if you haven't already done so. You have to do your post week or sorry your your post-mortem of the prior week. I think it's really important to reflect for a few moments, look at where you did things right, where you did things wrong, uh, look at ways to improve, and also see the big picture. Realize, you know, if you had a tough variance on a week, you know, Sunday night you're sitting there and you're, you know, I I often don't even know how I did on Saturday until I'm (laughs) reviewing my games on Sunday because the portfolio is sometimes so big, especially when it comes to college, that sweet spot where we have college football and college basketball and the NFL, everything at once, which is going to be just a few short weeks from now. But, um, but it's really important that you stay organized on this. Look at where you did things right, where you did things wrong. Look at ways to improve. And, and really just, it's all about making a plan of attack for the, the next week then. You know, dig up your sleeves and get going on finding value on the betting boards for the next week. But you're not going to be able to properly get to where you want to be if you don't know where you're coming from. So Sunday and even on Monday, it's an important time to review where you've been and, and uh, see the big picture. So Sunday's where you see your openers and you see some early line movement, but a lot of that, you know, a lot of it's related to player news. Pay attention to those post-game press conferences from coaches, especially on Sundays. Monday then sees the line really shape out after, 
you know, opportunist betters and some groups take positions. Of course, limits are lower, and this is sometimes when you see fake outs, uh, most commonly on Mondays. Uh, a nice example here recently was a, uh, a sharp group bet the Washington Commanders up to seven, uh, minus seven against the Bears on that Thursday night football game a, a couple weeks back, but then hammered the Bears as soon as it got to seven, at plus seven. And, and that game never touched or even got close to seven again. It closed six, and of course, the Bears won the game outright. But, you know, you see some moves like that. Um, that one was a more, a more simple one. But it's not to say that these only happen on Mondays, but that's when you kind of see some of these early fake-out moves just to get a book wrong-sided so you can come in on the other side when limits raise or or even sooner than that. Um, it's also interesting to mention that, like, there is, um, there's been a lot more, I guess, as legal betting has become more prevalent here in the U.S., it's almost like... It, the vultures have to chew on the bone and chew all the meat off the bone as soon as they can. I know in college basketball, it's a big thing when limits are so low. You know, a lot of groups don't wait to get involved until the limits go up, but now people are attacking overnight lines uh, like never before, especially in college basketball. So it's it's an early bird gets the worm type of thing. Of course, the, the trade-off is always that, that limits are a lot lower. So if you're really serious or if you're, you know, syndicate betting, you're really trying to get your action down when the limits raise. But that's that's the constant, that's the art to this. You know, Monday's, you have a more advantageous line because it's there's not as much liquidity. There's more opportunity to get closing line value CLV, but the limits are lower. So that that's your trade off. And on my end, by the end of day Monday, I've placed the majority of my action on sides and totals in college in the NFL. And and you really see the lines start to shape out on this day due to the, some of the injury updates, the coaching press conferences that I mentioned, you know, on Mondays, and of course sharper betters are now attacking the market earlier. So um, that's Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Lumping those together, those are those are a lot slower. Limits are still lower those days. You know, teams are returning to practice, and you it's it is a bit like Monday because the lines are still shaping out, but it's not not as much opportunity. And this is where you know the timing is everything. But they are the slowest days of the week in terms of betting action and handle at sports books um, heading into the weekend. So Tuesday, Wednesday, a bit slower. Limits are still lower, and Thursday is when is when first you know. That's when things really start to get interesting, I think. Thursday is when the first injury reports come out in the NFL. By rule, teams in the NFL have to submit practice reports to the league office by 4 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. So you can always count on on some line moves when some of those practice reports come out. And we often see some bigger line moves on Thursday after those first reports become publicly because limits start to go up as well. Uh, They're going up further at books starting on Thursdays, and some syndicates start to make their moves when these limits raise on Thursday, um, but even more so on Friday. And um, So yeah, injury reports, they play a big role in moving some lines on Thursday. A lot of people overreact to injury news and attack something that was already priced in or partially priced in as well. Like I mentioned before, an opening line might factor in a 50-50 out of uh, probability of a quarterback playing. And then when it's finally announced that he's out or, or less likely to play on Thursday, Friday, sometimes you see the line move a little bit too much. People um, you know, the mar- some aspects of the market not pricing in that that initial probability as much, and that's where you get into the nuance here of, of and the art of you know where where did you know where did the market overreact? Where did it go a bridge too far, as as Captain Jack likes to say? Um, but Friday sees that that next round of injury reports. You see more limit raises at sports books. Every sports book's different too in terms of your limits. Um, and I'm actually going to dive into limits up with Circa example right now because Circa. Um, is excellent at posting their limits. And as Matt Metcalf, the former director of the Sportsbook at Circuit, he likes, as he likes to say, well-defined limits are a necessary part of the relationship between 
a better, and a sports book, and those limits should be established up front in a perfect world. But, of course, this is not a perfect world, but it, in general, books are raising as the week, their limits as the weeks are going. And, and even though, if, you know, I know it, all, most, if not all of you that I'm talking to right now, the limits are not an issue for you. I understand that. But you have to understand that the limits matter because that's when that indicates when the sharp money can come in and when the lines are uh, a bit more efficient because you know that the limits are up and these groups are getting into play more as, as the liquidity pool continues to raise. So it's important for you to understand what the limits are and, and where books are taking money. And every book's different, but Circa, um, what they do on their sides in the NFL is you can get down 3K limits on Sunday and Monday, 5K on Tuesday, 10K on Wednesday, and this is for sides, I'm sorry, and then 20K on Thursday and Friday, 30K on Saturday, and 50K on game day. And of course, if you're you're so inclined, you could possibly even ask for more, and they may give it to you depending on who you are. Um, Totals and money lines, it's a little lower. It's $1,000 on on Sunday and Monday, uh, 2K on Tuesday and Wednesday is their limit, 3K Thursday, Friday, 5K Saturday, and 10K on Sunday. And betting limits in college football at Circa, you know, of course, they have their openers on Sunday. Those are 2K for sides, 1K for totals. And it stays the same on Monday and Tuesday, except sometimes they have 3K on sides. Wednesday and Thursday, they raise up to 5K sides, 2K totals. And Friday and Saturday, you're looking at 5 to 10K for sides and 2 to 3K for totals. So it just shows that, you know, the Circa example that that these books, they, they raise their limits as the week goes on. And that's an important part uh, of for you to understand for your process where those limits are at. But um like I mentioned, Friday is Thursday and Friday are where things really get interesting. But Friday then is when the sides and totals are really starting to get hammered out. You have another round of injury reports, uh, more limit raise, raises by uh, by sports books, more sharp groups getting involved. The lines really getting hammered out in a big way by this point. So, um, but there's still a lot of opportunities and prop markets later in the week and even on Saturdays for NFL prop bets. Where it's better to mask your action betting props with a bevy of NFL props. I'm talking about with a bevy of couch football bets coming in. It's a lot easier to do that if you're betting props on Saturday, but prop markets, you know, you see some groups with influence start to have an effect on prop markets on Friday. And as, as the week, um, as the, the normal work weekends, but there's still some opportunity in prop markets because you know, those, those are up a lot earlier now. Um, and you can also get down on props even earlier in the week, the, earlier than ever before with some of these legal regulated books. Of course, limits on props are often just a couple hundred bucks. So uh, you really got to pick and choose. And if you're only playing props and taking advantage of props earlier in the week, you have a smaller shelf shelf life at, at the sports book, especially some particular ones here in the U.S. But um, that's more the NFL. In college, Friday is a huge day for player-related news. You really have to uh, work to sift through all of this. And, and although some one-stop shops like Unabated's College Football Injury Tracker are great resources, it's really important that you're you're finding the best beat writers on social media to follow and, and know where to look to get injury info and, and have a great network, ideally, of like-minded bettors who share this info with you. And even better, if you can all move um, and get down on the info in one coordinated action, one coordinated symphony, um, that's where things can really be beautiful, but, but sources mean everything for college football related to, to player personnel news. And a lot of movement happens the day before the game, when you get uh, more clarity on who's going to be suiting up on Saturday. So Friday's a huge day of line moves for college football limits are raising and you have some of this player related news. And, and that's when you can really find some, some nice edges, um, in college football on Saturdays, you can take advantage of slower moving shops, especially on, on 
uh, in FCS games. Of course, the limits on these are lower, but it's a great day to take advantage of of uh, FCS lines on Saturday at, at those slower moving books, and also to take advantage of alt lines on on Saturday in NFL and college. You get down on those. There's some nice value to be found, and there's of course some nice sources of uh, of information out there on, on and, and and odds calculators where you can look at you know where which alt lines are better relative to to just the spread or or the total that you're seeing. So syndicate moves tend to come in more um, at this time. Friday, Saturdays when limits are at, especially on Saturday when limits are at their highest. For props, some groups, like I mentioned, have a ton of influence. They've now moved a lot of prop lines, and that's partially why it's so important to look at, at line move history, even for props. It's important to know where the line has come from throughout the course of the week and how it's evolved really over the, the past few days as you're uh, looking at them uh, over the weekend. And it's important to trust the efficiency of markets, but also to understand that not every market's the same. So some you know, some markets like alt-line markets or derivatives, they're very exploitable, even closer to kickoff, especially in less popular games with less attention on them. But of course, you know, sides and totals, uh, it's there's those are going to be as sharp as they're going to be on, on the day the games are played. So Sunday, then moving on to our final day here, you won't find value on NFL sides and totals very often. And not as, there's not as much meat on the bone in, in prop markets either, but you can often find that value on derivatives and alt lines. It's also the best day to bet teasers because you're maximizing the mathematical edge on Wong teasers that you know, you're teasing through the key numbers of three and seven when the line is most efficient, which is right before kickoff. And that's when it's time to start all over again on, on Sunday afternoon. You know, the, those those uh, noon central time kickoffs happen and, you know, you, you want to enjoy the games and stuff, but that's when the work starts. You know, the, the circa openers hit an hour, an hour and a half after the NFL games kick off and for college football, circa openers, and that's where you've you got to get going, looking at injury info, injury updates, and establishing that, that plan for the next week and then attacking those openers on Sunday. So it's it's a busy time. And, of course, live betting, too, you know, if you're – if that's a bigger part of your portfolio. That's you're also mixing that in. So the weekends get really crazy, um, and that's that's it. I mean, by, by the time Sunday happens, then you're just doing it all again, and the cycle repeats. Um, I also mentioned you know betting favorites and underdogs as a rule of thumb, um, as as Billy Walters, the most famous sports better of all time, likes to say, bet your favorites early, your underdogs late. And for higher profile games, especially with public dogs, it's better to to do the favorite money line right before kickoff and do if you're going to bet the dog on the money line to, to attack that earlier. You know, the Super Bowl, for example, is the best time to do that. And right before kickoff, you might find your best value on a uh, laying the uh, laying or laying the money line with the favorite. But um, that's an important aspect to remember as well. Of course, it's nothing is set in stone, but as a general rule, if you're looking to play your favorites, you want to do them earlier in the week and underdogs later in the week. But of course, it varies. And coincidentally, just two weeks ago, after I, I long after I'd been announcing that I was going to come out with this episode, unabated, uh, came out with with a written article that's very similar to what I talked about on this podcast today. So, if you want a nice written supplement for that covers a lot of what I, I've talked about here, then check out that article on unabated uh, that dives into a similar subject. All right, let's close out the pod with our official Doggy Juice Pod NFL teaser of the week. <laughs> Before I get to teasers in college football this week, it's a prime letdown spot for the Washington Huskies who won that game over Oregon in thrilling fashion last weekend, moving Michael Penix into minus money territory on the Heisman Futures board. But they get Arizona State this Saturday night, coming off their bye week after a close loss against Colorado. 
But Washington is a typical, they're in a typical letdown spot here. And everyone talks about letdown spots, so it's not like I'm breaking any news. But I do like this spot for Arizona State. I was hoping to give this one out at 28, which is where it was earlier in the week until it moved down to uh, 26 and a half consensus. But look for some public money to potentially push this one back up as kickoff approaches. It's a Saturday night where there's going to be less games going on at the same time. And you might see some public money push this one back up. I'm, I'd recommend a look at the Sun Devils at plus 28 for a full position and a reduced position at plus 27. But just make sure you're playing it at, at plus 27 or better. And in the NFL, I like the Ravens at home against the Lions this week. But that line did move up to three right angle sports. Uh, they released, uh, who has a lot of market influence, they released that one at the beginning of the week. Uh, so call it a full position at minus two and a half. Uh, minus 110, reduced position at minus three as the Ravens take on the Lions. But uh, it's important moving on and off the three. And I've mentioned this in the past, it's worth about 19 cents. So if a book's charging you more, you don't want to be uh, embedding it. Of course, like the exception is of totals. If you have outlier totals, like a, a much lower total, then it does increase the uh, the relative value of buying on and off the three. But um, your rule of thumb should be about 19, 20 cents there. And if a book's charging you more, which almost all of them do, um, without exception, pretty much. But then, of course, you can always find them. Those can be books sometimes if you're able to get down there. Um, if you're getting more than 19 cents, it's not worth buying on and off the three. And finally, our NFL uh, week six teasers. We went five and one on the year here on the podcast um, for the official Doggy Juice Pod NFL teaser of the week after winning with the Commanders and Texans last week. And just a reminder for anyone new here, um, NFL advantage teaser strategy. You can find a nice mathematical edge when you're teasing both teams on a two-team six-point NFL teaser through the key numbers of three and seven on both legs of the teaser. It's also known as the Stanford Wong teaser. Most books have have protected against this by charging more VIG. So you have to, this is only really a math edge if you're laying minus 120 or less. And a few books out there are now letting you do it. If you do have a book that's letting you lay even less than minus 120, minus 110, minus 115, cherish that book. Um, but it's really important that you're not laying more than minus 120 on these two teams, six-point NFL teasers. But we have a, a bunch of teams that fit that that Stanford Wong uh, model this week. Um, you have the the Jaguars on Thursday night football tonight, but I'm not going to include that one here just due to the Trevor Lawrence injury uncertainty because that's up to two and a half now as I'm recording this. Uh, but it's technically in teaser territory, but um, that Trevor Lawrence injury uncertainty, I'm just yeah, staying away. Um, Falcons plus two and a half to plus eight and a half at the Bucks fit. The Giants from plus two and a half up to plus eight and a half against the Commanders. That fits, but we are seeing some plus threes with a bit of extra juice flashing on that one, so it might be more advantageous to take in the three points of the Giants if you're so inclined to play them this week if it gets there. Uh, the Bills, you can tease down from minus eight and a half down to minus two and a half. Uh, they're playing at New England. I've seen some minus eights out there as well, but we'll call it minus eight and a half consensus. The Seahawks, you can tease down from uh, minus seven and a half to minus one and a half at home against the Cardinals in the interdivision matchup. The Broncos are there in some spots. You can tease them up from plus one and a half to plus seven and a half, and it's a lower total. Um, it's close to applying here as a consensus line, but I'm, I'm still seeing mostly ones out there as I record this. And remember, it's important you tease through the three and the seven, not to the seven and the three. Um, and then finally, the Dolphins from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half on the road in Philadelphia. Of course, a bit of a higher total. Um, this week for the official Doggy Juice Pod NFL Week 6 seven. teaser of the week, let's go with the Seahawks from minus seven and a half to minus one and a half. And let's actually pair them with the Dolphins from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. 
I know uh, Dolphins higher variance team, not the best for for teasers, those those higher totals typically, but I do like them in that spot to stay within uh, a touchdown. I lean the Dolphins on the spread, so I'm comfortable enough to to include them with the Doggy Juice Pod teaser of the week. So Seahawks, minus 7.5 to minus 1.5, paired with the Dolphins, plus 2.5, up to plus 8.5. Go, DJ! All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. As always, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. And as I always say, if you enjoyed listening to this, then please just take 5-10 seconds to rate the Doggy Juice Podcast on Apple Podcasts or just share it with a friend, someone who might be interested in listening to it um, or might be interested in learning more about the latest in state-by-state sports betting legalization or just how to become a better, sharper sports better during these very exciting times in the industry. Anything you could help do to spread the word and spread the love, it's always very much appreciated. Um, I know I mentioned last week that um, I'd be making a point to get these episodes out earlier in the week. Of course, I'm recording this. uh, I'd like to record this on Tuesdays most weeks. I'm recording on Thursday today um, on this one, but we'll still be looking to do that moving forward. There's just been a ton of chaos in the Doggy Juice household with our three-week-old baby Doggy Juice. and Mom and baby are both doing well, so thanks to all who have reached out about that. And of course, this week I had some unexpected things come up on the work front. It was completely slammed, so I had to wait till till uh, Thursday morning this week to record this. But like I've been saying, be on the lookout for new episodes to drop on Tuesdays and Wednesdays uh, moving forward in the coming months as we enter one of the craziest, if not the craziest, times on the sports betting calendar. All right, everyone. Thanks all for listening. Enjoy your weekend. Good luck on your action. I'll talk to you all again soon. Doggy Juice.